life of a drayage trucker hauling containers to and from the port is a tough one. How can it be improved? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain podcast. At major USC ports today, congestion is simply a way of life. During peak periods of activity at the ports of Los Angeles or Long Beach, drivers can wait up to seven hours to pick up a load, even when an appointment system is in place. There's a built-in disconnect among marine terminals, brokers, warehouses, and carriers, leading to chronic inefficiencies in the handoff between modes and a big waste of capacity. As a result, a lot of drivers are just scraping by. It's no wonder that they're quitting the business in droves, causing a severe shortage of talent nationwide. On the show today, I'll be talking possible solutions to the problem with Lydia Yan, CEO and co-founder of Southern California-based Next Trucking. She'll discuss the use of technology, specifically an app that matches drivers with available loads, as a means of boosting the efficiency of the system and drivers' paychecks. So, here's my conversation with Lydia Yan. Lydia Yan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lydia, I know that you're very much involved in trucking operations at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. How bad is the congestion situation down there right now? Well, I think right now it's okay because we just passed the peak season, but last December it was really bad. I believe the volume was surged about 30%, so year over year. And every single warehouse was full. Even today, all the warehouses are full. I believe in Southern California, 97% of the warehouses are full at this point. One is because of the surge of the volume due to peak season, and the other is really because of the tariff impact. What are some of the built-in inefficiencies, though? I know that it's a pretty frustrating life to be a trucker, to be an owner-operator or a trucker waiting to drop off a load or waiting to pick up a container at the port. This has been an endemic problem for years, even when volumes aren't that high. How is it dysfunctional? Well, because there's a major disconnection between the port, the brokers, local warehouses, and carriers. LA and Long Beach have 12 terminals, and everyone uses different appointment systems. And also there are different brokers in the play, and there are so many small carriers in Southern California market. So brokers' job is really trying to connect the shippers with carriers because traditionally there were not that many technologies. So drivers basically rely on brokers to tell them when to pick up the load and when the container will be ready. And also terminals usually congested. There's really no transparency at the terminals. For example, we made the appointment at the terminal at 10 a.m. Drivers arrived at 10, but there was a huge line. So when the driver arrived at the gate, it's already 11 o'clock, so he missed the appointment. Then uh, the broker needs to make another appointment. And also, it is very difficult for brokers to find the drivers, especially due to the driver shortage problem. Our industry is lack of almost 50,000 truck drivers, especially during the peak seasons. It's really one driver versus 10 loads. So it is very difficult for us to find drivers. 
the ultimately is really in efficiency issues because 40% of capacity is wasted at this point. So our goal is really to allow drivers to dictate what they want and connect the drivers with the shippers more seamlessly so we can really increase the efficiencies there. That sounds incredibly frustrating if you show up on time and then you're delayed by a line and then you can't make your appointment. I mean, that is not taken into account for a driver that you just automatically miss through no fault of your own? Because there's really no information, like no visible information available for the drivers. Because your appointment is 10 o'clock, I did arrive at 10 o'clock, but then nobody knows how congested the terminals are. I think traditional drivers really text message each other or there's some social media where they post the solutions and telling each other how congested the terminals are. But there isn't a technology solution out there. And also, there isn't a company that focused on drainage solutions in the past centuries. And the most uh, trucking companies are traditional trucking companies. And especially for technology companies, not much effort were put into the logistics system overall. That's also the reason why Next Trucking went into this segment. You know, trucking has five segments, drainage, truckload, LTO, intermodal, and a small part. So drainage is actually the most complicated one because it involves terminals the trucking companies, the brokers, the yards sometimes. So it's a little bit more complicated than over-the-road trucking. That 50,000 driver shortage number that you just gave me, is, is does that cover all five of those sectors or is that drayage only? That's five sectors. But uh, uh-huh. I believe drayage, uh, trucker shortage, probably is the most severe one because nobody wants to go to the terminals. And it's been exacerbated in recent years by controversies over the status of the drivers, whether they need to be employees of a trucking company or owner-operators. And does, Has that chased some drivers away or has that caused a shortage as well and continue to cause confusion at the ports? I believe there are certain companies have such issues because they hire their own operators and owner operators were misclassified because they are essentially their employees. So for our solution, because we're marketplace, so we actually really allow drivers to dictate what they want. So we don't really have such issue. And But I don't think it is the reason why that caused the trucker shortage, especially in drage segment. It is really the inefficiency because... On average, truck drivers, especially dray drivers, can only haul two containers out of the terminal on a daily basis. So comparing with long-haul drivers, their income was significantly lower. And also, it's really frustrating to wait at the terminals. So that's why the churn in the dray drivers is even higher than uh, over-the-road drivers. So tell me a little bit more about how it actually works today. Like, Let's say I'm a driver. How am I informed of the existence of a container being dropped there for my pickup? How do I know about that? What do I do then? Just how does it work right now? I think a lot of dray drivers' behaviors are very similar. So they work with a broker or they work for a trucking company. So the dispatcher will call them and tell them, okay, go there at this time and your container will be available. Just go and they will write down the container number, going to the terminal, then waiting in line, trying to get the containers out. Then they will go to call the container out of the terminal, go to the local warehouse and wait for the warehouse to unload the merchandise. They usually wait for two to four hours at the local warehouse. Then they have to haul the empty container back to the terminal. So that's why on average they can only haul two containers out from the terminals. And also a lot of times we call this dual transactions. So most of the drivers don't really haul the empty containers back to the port. 
because they don't have the patience to wait for two hours or four hours at local warehouse for them to unload the merchandise. So only 20% of the drainage trucks are doing dual transactions. So which means that also caused a significant increase of congestion in the port because half of the turns at the port is wasted because drivers have to go to a local warehouse another day to haul the empty back to the port instead of doing 100% dual transactions. The ideal thing is to be able to turn that container around outside the terminal, turn an import container and, and immediately load it with export freight and bring it right back. But now I hear that some ocean carriers are starting to charge for these so-called street turns. So you're taking something that is in itself efficient and once again frustrating it. Is that a problem? Yeah, well, street turn is ideal for the carriers or for um, brokers. But one is there's no visibility. Nobody knows that you will be able to get a street term. So a lot of times carriers have to return empty back to the terminals. And also only 20% of them are able to return the empties doing one transaction. So that's also caused the congestion. The way you describe it, I'd be surprised to hear that it's even possible for drivers, for drayage drivers to make a living these days. I mean, is it pretty hand-to-mouth? Is it pretty difficult to make a living wage based on all these complications in this current system? It is very, very complicated, and that's why the turnover rate is at 97% in those trucking companies because nobody wants to be a drainage driver. The income is relatively lower, especially during the peak season, comparing to over-the-road drivers because, as I mentioned, on average, they can only haul two containers out. So on average days, they make about $500 a day comparing to long-haul drivers, so it's significantly lower. During the peak seasons, drivers have to wait at the port for up to seven hours sometimes. I do have a real story from our one of our users. His name is Kevin Luke. He was an owner-operator. He told me that he one day, he literally waited at the port for seven hours and was only able to haul one container out. So he could barely make a living. That's also the reason why a lot of people are leaving the industry. Not to mention the congestion on the L.A. freeways once he gets the truck onto the roads. Absolutely, yeah. So the idea of being able to do more than one container a day, that's a challenge, huh? Yes, it is a challenge. That's also the reason why we launched this relay program. It can automate the whole process for the drivers and allow them to make more money. So we basically divide the whole route into two legs. And we allow drainage drivers to haul the first leg from the port to a local yard. So they're only running 7.5 miles and round trips. And the second leg is really from our yard to a local warehouse, usually in Ontario or east. And we give to the over-the-road drivers. So we're injecting additional capacity into the drainage driver's capacity and allowing both drainage drivers and the local drivers to make more turns and also allowing us to haul more containers out. 100% of our drainage drivers are doing dual transactions right now. So that's why you know, terminals really enjoy working with us. And I guess also since the drayage drivers, are, they are paid by the load, are they not? Not by the hour, certainly. So if they can turn around faster and not have to go that second leg, they're making just as much money, right? I mean, and more, in fact, if they can add another container to their day. But they're not losing money by dropping the container off early, right? Yes. Owner-operators do get paid per container or per load. Sometimes mm-hmm. they call it per trip. Company drivers is usually paid per hour. And of course, if mm-hmm. we can increase efficiencies for company drivers, they are making more turns. So companies become more lucrative and more profitable, and they will be able to hire drivers.
So even though those ones get paid by the hour, they don't mind dropping it off at that first point and having someone else take it over at that point. I mean, if they could get the longer haul, they'd have more hours. But then again, they wouldn't be able to turn around and get another container. It sounds like it's kind of a hard balance. It's a hard thing to figure out. Yeah. So I think for hourage range drivers, they're doing very short turns. So instead of going all the way to a local warehouse that is 80 miles away from the port, they're doing a very short turns. And also, we have smart appointment systems, so we allow us to really monitor the availability of the containers and the congestion of the port, so allowing our drivers to be more efficient. Okay, well, let's talk about the technology that you guys have and how that is different from the way things are done today. Can you describe it for me? So nowadays, as I mentioned, Adria drivers haul the container from the port directly to a local warehouse, wait for four hours for the warehouse to unload the merchandise, then return it empty to the port. So we divide the route into two legs. The first leg we give to the drainage drivers, and the second leg we give to the local drivers because you don't need a SCAT code or TWIC card to go into the terminal to haul the containers out. So we call this program a relay program. The drainage driver will haul the container out, drop it off in our local yard, and then they will go directly back to the terminal hauling another empty back to the terminals. So we increase the velocities here for drainage drivers. On average, they can haul up to six containers out from the terminals with our program. So the second leg we give to the local drivers, they basically hook up the full container at our yard and go directly to the local warehouse and drop it off and come back to the yard. We call this yard and yard, yard to yard program. And the local drivers really enjoy working with us because Instead of finishing one load and the core traditional broker trying to find another load, which might be 50 miles away, and they always start from our yard. And they drop the loads to another yard and then going back to the same yard. So they don't really waste any miles. Those loads are taken from our app within average four minutes. And also drivers can make up to 20% more income. And we don't necessarily pay drivers more per load. We really increase their efficiency by giving them more loads. And then most of the drivers take, you know, three, four loads from us on a daily basis, and uh, their income is, is significantly increased. Okay, so how are drivers alerted to the presence of a load in the first place? So every load is available in the app. So drivers, we do have offer predictive load offering capabilities. So we study drivers' behavior. For example, I know you enjoy working on Monday through Thursday only, and you only work in the daytime. We're going to prioritize those loads in the app for you. So all the loads that showing on your app exactly match your availability and your preferences. So drivers can choose to take them or not. We really put the drivers on the driving seats and allowing to, them to dictate what they want. So drivers can go home when they want to go home. They can spend more time with the family. They're a lot more efficient than before. Obviously, they make more money than before. But let's say you put out the word of a particular load. Is That word is being put out to multiple drivers at the same time, right? It's not being directed yes. just to one driver. So in other words, the first to respond, the first to confirm is the one who gets that load. Yes, but the difference is we actually prioritize the loads to the people who match their preferences. So the first loads that you see on our app might be different from the first loads that another driver sees because they have different preferences. 
So we do show the whole load list to the drivers, but the first load that we show them is usually the loads that they would prefer to haul. So it really eliminated drivers searching for a load because that's why we call predictive load offering is really to predict the kind of loads that they were looking for to really eliminate back and forth negotiations because traditionally, you know, a driver has to pick up a phone and a call broker and trying to find the loads that matches his own criteria, his own preferences and his own availabilities. But everything of that their preferences is really predicted in our app. So the moment you open your app, this is the load that you want it to take. Where is the information coming from in the first place? Is it coming from a broker? Does a broker put it on the platform? Is it coming from a carrier at the port? Who is providing the information that a particular load is available? So we're essentially like a virtual broker. So we connect the shippers with carriers. The load information comes from shippers. We work with a lot of enterprise accounts. And on the carrier side, it's really we work with small trucking companies, own operators, and we push the loads to them. So as you mentioned, the loads are first come, first to serve, and we implement the predictive load offering to really faster match the truckers with the shippers. So when you say shippers, you mean the owners of the cargo, the importers, the yeah, exporters themselves. So in other yeah. words, they, the shipper, has to be informed by the carrier that a container is now available, and then that information goes from the shipper to you. We get a container information from the shippers, and we monitor the availability of the containers. So that information comes from us. But the first notification still has to come from a carrier saying, the ship's unloaded, the container's here. Doesn't it start with the carrier? We are the broker that monitors availability of the containers. Carrier uh-huh. here, you're talking about the trucking companies, right? So we actually tell them the container is available, and we push the availability to the carriers. So how do you expect this technology to develop? Is it pretty much where it needs to be right now, or is there more bells and whistles and more modifications you need to make in order to make it even more attractive to the user? Yeah, there are a lot of things that we're developing right now because Druid is a different beast. It's a lot more complicated. So our goal is to first automating the appointment system to allow us to make appointment more efficiently with the port and the terminals. And the second is we call smart dispatching to increase more the driver's efficiency and allow them to take multiple loads from us instead of taking one at a time. And we can engage them more. There are a lot of uh, new products that are in the pipeline that I can share later on. Uh, We haven't announced a lot of new functions. But our ultimate goal is to form one of the largest virtual fleet and to aggregate small trucking companies and, and empower them and allow them to be more efficient under our platform and to connect the shippers with them directly instead of they going through traditional brokers, you know, bargain back and forth trying to get the best loads for themselves. And do you really think that this will solve the problem of the long lines at the gates of the terminals of trucks? Yes, with more transparency and the information flow and the, the, the play of the marketplace, we can largely reduce the congestion of the port. Just imagine every single drainage truck will make 100% transactions. We increase the efficiency for the 
terminal for 80% because right now only 20% of the trucks are doing dual transactions. So that's a huge increase of efficiencies right there. And allowing drivers to have more visibilities of the container movement and to make the trips more efficient so we can attract more drivers to come back to the industry to build up more capacity because the reason why drivers leave the industry are two reasons. One is low pay, right? Because you're so inefficient and you don't make enough money. So drivers leave the job and to find new jobs. And the second is horse dispatching. A driver doesn't want to work at this hour and or going on this route, and they got forced dispatched to a location that is their less preferred. So with this technology and predictive load offering capabilities, drivers get the exact load that they're looking for at the time that they're looking for. So that largely reduced the time that it spent on negotiating with traditional brokers. Well, let's hope so. The life of drivers is not an easy one, and anything that can be done in order to make their lives easier and allow them to make more money and make the whole system more efficient is certainly welcome. Lydia Yan, I want to thank you so much for talking to us about the situation at the port and how it might be alleviated through technology. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for your time. That was my conversation with Lydia Yan of Next Trucking, talking about the plight of truck drivers at the ports. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where you post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.